Have you guys ever met somebody who has quadruplets? Me neither. But today, you're going to talk to a mom of six. Yes, that means she has two other kids plus the quadruplets. She's an international bestseller. She is a former mastery trainer for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, a speaker and life coach, and truly an overcomer strategist. She turns your stumbling blocks into stepping stones, and she does it with one of my favorite fruits of the spirit, joy. So today you're going to get a double dose of joy bombs with me and Julianne Kirkland. You guys can find her on Instagram, the Julianne Kirkland with a K. You can see her on all of the different platforms, even her website, and you've got to get in the room for her Awake conference that's happening March 30th through April 1st in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm hopeful that I'll be in the room too, so let's hang. Regardless, you guys have to tune in, not only for her journey as a mom, her journey as a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, a business leader, and my favorite, a woman of God. All right, it was such a pleasure to have you, Julie. Thanks for hanging out. Y'all, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. That music always makes me move. <laughs> Coming from the dance club. That's the old T, but I still got the, the moves inside of me. <laughs> you guys, I am so excited and honored to introduce to you my new friend who we got connected through a mutual friend and brother. Many of you guys know in our community, Daryl Stinson, and it was love it first combo, I believe, and love at first sight through uh, doing all of the interweb uh, lookings and speaking and finding and looking at her pictures and feeling her vibe. And we connect on so many levels, specifically as sisters. And so just so excited for you to be introduced to the community. You guys, this is Julianne Kirkland. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be awesome. I feel like the first thing I have to jump into, because even when I read your bio, I was like, wait, what? I don't know that I ever counted that many in pictures. You have six kids. I have six kids. I, I mean, <laughs> let's pray for her. Let's just stop the episode on prayer. How <laughs> old are they? So I have a 13-year-old, 11, and then I have a set of quadruplets that are seven. That doesn't even make sense. Not, I mean, one time. <laughs> only God, right? Yes. Tell me yes. about that experience. Is that was that experience a part of like all of your faith walk and everything? Like, or that was was that the leading up to? I'm so curious in the timing of all of that. So that particular experience taught me that you are wildly capable to achieve more than you ever thought possible. Like the, the full embodiment of Ephesians 3.20, right? Like his ways oh, 
Yes. They're so much higher. <laughs> um, and, all the, and all the stretching of, you know, like yes, mentally, all the things. Yeah. <laughs> physically, all of the stretching had to Completely. Yeah. yeah. I had a a maternity and infant boutique. I don't know if you knew this about me. It was my college project in business school that was brought to life with my mom um, for several years. It actually just recently got sold after eight years of of co-owning and then my mom owning it some uh, here locally. But there was a a wristband, like a really pretty bracelet that was magnetic. And it talked about the Bible verse of Colossians of expanding your territory. And it was not intentional (laughs) for maternity, but I always thought it was hilarious because it has a a duality that most people wouldn't see unless you're a mom you get it on a whole nother understanding i need like all of those bands (laughs) the sanity the sanity like i was having a conversation earlier with someone like no one prays about suffering no one wants the patience virtue very much or fruit how much patience you must have cultivated with four children did you have help um, so I, I'm an Enneagram eight, which is the challenger. So it's like, okay. I'm gonna figure out how to do this. I don't need your help. Um, but after, once we got them back home, cause they were in the NICU for quite some time. Sure. Well, once we got them back home, um, my husband and I were like, okay, we're going to do this, but they were eating every two hours and it would take them a full hour to eat. And so it was just like, we were not sleeping at all. Oh my um, God. so it was after about two weeks of that, that we were like, White flags, all the white flags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send in the reinforcements yeah. for sure. Get everybody that was willing to do any kind of help to come up. Yeah. Wow. I feel like like you're talking about the controller that I'm the Enneagram three. I would feel like so defeated in that. Was that yeah. hard for you to like, or it didn't even matter at this point because you just realized right. there's no possibility without it. Right. It it really did teach me so much about surrender. You know, I, again, like you asked in the very beginning, how, how this affected my faith walk in every single aspect, it's affected my faith walk and how I relate to Christ and how I relate to the word and really embodying all, all aspects of scripture. And just, I mean, he just connected everything for me. Um, I think he knew that's what I needed as the challenger. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was hard to let, to let go for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, were you a part, because I haven't got to share all of your bio with everybody yet, that you were a former mastery trainer with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. I actually love Dean. I was akin to him before I was ever akin to Tony. Um, But in that realm, were you doing that pre quadruplets? No, this was after. So this was in 2020. So they were, you know, five, six, seven. Yeah. (laughs) They're at least able to wipe their butt, right? They're wiping their butt and maybe making some food here and there, or at least grabbing a snack. Grabbing the definitely all the snacks. They they've got that down pat. (laughs) Is it four boys? Did I did we clarify? No, it's three boys and a girl. So we had two boys, and we were like, let's go for a girl. Um, and then I got three boys and a girl. So it's cool. <laughs> oh, God has such a good sense of humor. Do you have a, a, di- a, a different dynamic with each of them relationally? Yeah, they're all different. Absolutely. They all, I mean, their love language is all different. They learn differently. They're athletically Ugh. inclined differently. And I'm like, yeah, in the same womb at the same time. It's, so it gives you a whole new understanding of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yep. Right. In my, <laughs> like, in my belly. 
<laughs> I mean, wow, it's so neat. And yeah. yeah, it's not even like, yes, it's your life's work because they're, of course, like an element of your legacy, but yeah. it's not necessarily your life's work. Like you're spending so much of your time developing kingdom entrepreneurs like I am, which is so fun. Yeah. And it, you have a specific methodology. Was that methodology born and bred after they were? And was it through your experience <laughs> with Tony Robbins and Dean that, that it kind of came to a new understanding? So the Arise framework, yeah. um, that all came from that journey. I had this like five-year storm, yeah, which included being pregnant with the quads because that that whole like physical journey in itself oh, and, you know, having my doctors tell me there's no way you need to reduce down to two, like the, all of that, that just, I Holy mean, moly. I battled, I battled for my babies. Um, and just everything that I went through, my dad got diagnosed and died of Alzheimer's mm -hmm. um, when he was just 63 years old. My brother is an alcoholic and he lived with us for a time. Um, he almost died twice. Um, I had to shut down my brick and mortar company. I had a big walkout and betrayal. And it was, again, it was like this big storm period. Yeah, <laughs> years, all this life is happening, you know? And um, it was through that, that God really showed me about the afflictions that people endure mm -hmm. and how we are supposed to be the light. And it's not by our own strength. It's not by anything that we do. It's because we reflect the glory and the brilliance of the Lord in our life. And that's where our shine comes from. Yeah. And so that whole framework is how to get rid of all that has tarnished your shine and right. allow the reflection of Christ to be in your life. And that that's what it's all about. Um, and working with Tony and Dean that came after, um, but again, having lived through that, having developed processes, and, and there was a time where I was like, what is all this for, Lord? <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Um, uh, thank you for thinking of me to be the mom of these four babies at once. But like, because <laughs> sure? um, it was hard. Yeah, it was so hard. of course. I, I mean, I, I, I don't even feel, and I know you don't compare in that regard, but Mm, I don't feel equipped to even talk about my babies just being like 16 and a half months apart and like how hard that was. I, I let, hard. I'm just like, I'm going to throw that one hard. in the woods. I no. can't even, I can't even imagine. And, um, and yet it's a different level, you know, yeah. it's just it's different. For sure. For sure. And I think that again, you were obviously equipped because God would have entrusted you with a challenge in that regard. But it's knowing that it wasn't just that it was like all of these other storms transpiring simultaneously yeah. and the, the mission that's on your life to help people understand joy from another element and yeah. the element being God, like, did you in your other brick and mortar, even that you mentioned, did you infuse your faith the way that you do now? Or it was that season of debauchery that brought you into sharing it and teaching um, it? No, I always knew. I mean, I have, I have a, a oh, you can't, where's, there it is. Tattoo. <laughs> yeah. It's Proverbs 16, uh, which is what my salon company was established on. Yeah. And um, so I always brought in that element of faith and I thought, you know, Lord, I'm going to lead all these creative women to you and it's going to be great. And what I found was that after seven years, um, I had actually allowed a lot more of the outside in than mm. the other way around. Wow. Um, I 
I hadn't been as protective, you know, of, of what was getting in, um, because I was in it so much, mm-hmm. um, that I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware. I wasn't on guard. Um, and it, it's so necessary to pay attention to what's getting in. It just is. And I, now, um, I'm, I'm much more on guard about, and that's, I mean, it's helped me so much. And I pay attention to what's on my social media. I pay attention on what I watch. Uh, again, he uses it for good. Yeah. Well, and I think of you know, the, uh, the idea of boundaries, which we've talked about on this show several times before, but uh, the filters, not the filters of like fictitious filters, but the filters that we need to have from other things coming in towards us. But that there's this element of truth that's so important for us to be shielded and that is more of a shield than a filter because a filter things can still get through, right? It's like the people who drive all the time and they have cancer on their arm that hangs out the window or and they're like, my window is up, but like the light is still coming and the filter is still hitting you. And so even as Christians, though, I do not believe we're meant to like only exist in the body of Christ and say in that space, that's literally the opposite of what the great commission is. We have to be so armored. That's the Ephesians six element. If we're not armored in that, anything can get in and it can eliminate that luster element that you're talking about Mm -hmm. from the shine that we're meant to, to give and to reflect. I uh, love to wear like sparkles when I'm at a conference. I am always bedazzled. Like on a Thursday night, whichever. (laughs) Completely. That's exactly right. And I I love to share with people. I don't wear them for me, though. I think that they're fun. I wear them so that you can see and the shine in you that you've let to, you've yet to reveal to others. Because often people will tell me like, I would, I would never think to wear that. I would be too nervous to wear that. How are you pulling that off? Even when I used to just wear hats, they're like, I could never pull off a hat. I'm like, why? Why not? Like, there's this, <laughs> there's this inside Ella self where because mm-hmm. the shine has been removed, we think that it's um, prideful or right. boastful to mm-hmm. sparkle. And right. lamp sitting on a hill, lamp underneath the basket. Like we're supposed to take the thing. Remember this Bible verse? It's like multiple all at once. It's super important for us yeah. to realize that our light is the exact reason we're here. That's right. And that's a command. Arise and shine. I mean, that's that's the name of my book. Like arise and shine. That's the command. Like you first have to get up because things are going to knock you down. (laughs) And then it's shine. Like that's that's everything. You know, and so many people struggle with their purpose. And your purpose is first and foremost to glorify God, period. You know, like that comes first. And then it's in what assignment, what season that you're in, what assignment that you're in. I think that's really what most people are struggling with is their assignment. Yeah. Um, But the purpose is all to glorify him. And if we're trying to dumb that down and play that down, we're not doing it. Well, I'm curious, as you say, the assignment and and people finding themselves in different Obviously, when you had the quadruplets, you already had two other kids too. So it's not like you just ignored them. You also were parenting two other children. And then you had you've had the the writing journey, that assignment of becoming an author, the the assignment of becoming a podcaster and being a podcaster, the assignment of working in these different fields. I never really thought about it, but when people are seeking out purpose and they're seeking out calling, they think it's like one thing. But it's it's actually so much more multifaceted. God is, is intentional in the fact that you're multidimensional and dynamic and also yeah. capable when he is the one who's dwelling inside of you. Right. 
how do you help people understand purpose? Like what's the lens in which you're looking at it or supporting them in? Um, so I always say, you know, back to filters, um, what is that filter that you're going to bring everything through besides this Christ? So for me, it was, I had to ask myself the question of like, what, and this sounds morbid, but what would I want to be remembered for? Like, what would be on my tombstone? And it came down to three things. She's a woman of faith. She advanced the kingdom and she added, added value to people. Mm-hmm. And those three things I make sure in everything that I do. And so if I'm going to write a book, am I accomplishing those three things? If I'm going to run a mastermind, is it those three things? If I'm going to be on stages, am I doing those three things? And it was when I got that, that I was able to go full in and understand Mm -hmm. and just have that release and that surrender to not have to have the outcome completely figured out, you know, just to be able to truly surrender that. And there's this stigma in being an entrepreneur that sell the outcome, sell the outcome, sell the outcome. And God's like, surrender the outcome, surrender the outcome, surrender the outcome. <laughs> I you love know? that. Yes. It just, you kind of have to, to do it. To yes. Really do it. Yeah. It's so good. There are so many things and I'm sure when you look through this lens and having this perspective, we are pitched a lot of things. We're, you know, given a lot of things in our DMs. We're sent new emails with opportunity. And it can be hard to sift through what is the meat and potatoes and what is like fictitious, like the fake stuff that they try and give you. They're like, oh, what is that? I don't want that jerky. I want the real thing. I want to have the real thing. Um, how has that been developed for you over the course of the last several years as you've been navigating not only those fresh new boundaries for yourself, but that like alignment zone of if it doesn't include this, if it's not my tombstone, then I don't want to say yes to it. Yeah. How do you help um, gear up from a discernment perspective? So I'm the challenger. So I had to experience it the wrong way first. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the first clients that I took on, um, didn't fit the filter. Mm. And, um, she was very into crystals and all that. And I would get off those calls and I was like, I need, I need to take a shower. Like I felt, um, I felt invaded and, um, I finally just had to have a conversation with her and said, you know, look, I can help you with your business. I can help you grow, but I can't do it without bringing in the one who taught me everything that I know. And, you know, I'm an overcomer strategist. And the only reason I'm able to overcome anything that has come my way is because of, of Jesus. So right, right. <laughs> like, as long as you're cool with that, yeah. then we can proceed, you know? And I think so many people are afraid to present the boundary, yep. but it's only when you do that, you can fully be yourself and authenticity. That's where it's at. You know, God wants you, he made you specifically, you uniquely, and he wants you to be you and nobody else. Well, and I think about the faith and business connection point, which is something we share in, in these ideas of marketplace ministry. I just got, you know, finished with a conference and you're going to host one um, in March in March slash April in, in Georgia. And I'm excited to, to unpack that because it's not often or common that people are infusing faith into the business. And yet I really think that there's this incredible rise happening in the marketplace of people who are willing to speak the name of Jesus and they're not going to take no for 
for an answer and they're going to set those hard boundaries. And yet simultaneously, that doesn't mean that we are um, not loving not kind, not ostracizing. Right. In, in fact, we're actually more opening and more attuned to allowing new people into communities, new people into things, but there has to be a boundary, just like Jesus only had 12 disciples. And from the 12 disciples, he only had three that he really truly entered the inner circle of those three that he entrusted. And then he had his mom, right? right. And then he had God. And so it's this recognition zone that we we have to be really careful. And I totally understand one one-on-one coaching in and of itself can be really zapping yeah. for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, even if that's your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. um, but two, it's the rec the recognition that even though they're coming to you to take something, right, that whatever that knowledge is, they're also taking energy. They're also taking time. And simultaneous, they're giving something yeah. back to you. And so what is that exchange? And is it worth it? It's no different than if we were to go to you know, uh, we were just talking about the dance moves earlier. I could easily go to a rap concert, right? But why is right. it, what, what am I receiving from that? And yeah. so it's the big question of presenting it back to the Lord and three questions that we always ask different than the tombstone, but super simple is like, is it safe? Is it good? And is it for God? Mm -hmm. And we ask our kids this all the time. Hey, can I do this thing? Is it safe? Right. Is it good? And is it for God? And if those are three simple things, great. And if there's one of them, whether it's the safety, whether it's the goodness or whether it's for God, then we need to come back into alignment with understanding why we're even asking that in the first place, because flesh right. is likely showing up in that moment. That's right. Absolutely. So I want to hear about this, this conference, the yeah. Awake Conference. First, yeah. I'm a, such a sucker for acronyms. So I'll let you share it. I love that. <laughs> I love words. I love acronyms. I love all the things. Um, but I, I have to check my schedule because I feel like I need to be here. I, when I read the acronym, I was like, yes. It's amazing. So AWAKE stands for Ambitious Women Arise as Kingdom Entrepreneurs. So um, and it's just because there is, there is this, this arising, this awakening happening. Um, I, I feel especially for women to stand up and use their voice. Um, our voice is so powerful. You know, God created everything through the word. Um, and so I think women, it's time, it's time to, to stand up and to speak out in truth and in love, um, be willing to have nuanced conversations, uh, is so important, you know, amongst this cancel culture of, Oh, I don't like it. I'm canceling it. Um, but to really be able to have those nuanced conversations with people that might not, agree specifically with everything um, and and to be able to to guide and lead and shine the light. And I think that's a, a piece. I, I just got to watch the season three premiere of Chosen. Oh, Chosen. Yes. So good. Oh, so I was watching that and they showcased and demonstrated Joanna. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she was a part of funding the disciples on their missions. And she was the one who brought um, one of the disciples to go see John the Baptist in prison. And just this experience and this expression of a woman yeah. and the empathy that she carried and the understanding and yet the uh, desire to know God in the way that she did and specifically to have a conversation with Jesus there was so much that I think we as women discount our, well, we discount ourselves because we're constantly in that state of competition. Mm -hmm. Or if you're not, and you do really feel like you're celebrating community, like 
how many sisters do you have around you? Are you willing to get in the room and go to places like this and actually sit in the audience, even if you are a speaker or right. sit and buy or buy the book, even of the fellow author who is has a book, right? That might sound like yours or have a storyline like yours. Like that's really where the action hits the the road of, of your truth in that community over competition concept. But this idea of empathy is something mm-hmm. that's connected to authenticity. And my husband and I were talking about this. He's like, the women all wear, you. we wear our expressions on our face. You can like read how someone's thinking if mm-hmm. something doesn't suit you right. Like, yeah. and it's not, we don't have poker faces. That's why they're like the, what is it? The the R, what is the, the resting? Oh, R- oh yeah, RBL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's an acronym. I don't want to say it out loud. But like, it's hard. Whenever I'm on a team meeting, I'm like, what did you, why did you, I'm good. No, you're not. Your face right now. <laughs> Something's happening. But I think that that is like, it's such a treasured experience that we can actually provide and hold tight to rather than dismissing ourselves or canceling out that we're too emotional. Mm -hmm. And that's been done to us even from our voices when it comes to um, certain church denominations that won't allow women to speak. And this is where we're speaking of from the perspective of like, there is a rise and to awake is, is so much more than just the recognition that you're just going to do it as a wife. Mm-hmm. You're just going to do it as the mom of six, four quadruplets. I'm still, that's crazy. I, I just, we get to be more and we are called to be a body of Christ, not an entity that sits at home. And so I want to hear like, how has your husband been a part of this journey for you? How do you guys like operate in tandem knowing that you're like out doing conferences and out speaking yeah. engagements and an author? Like it's a lot for, to, for a, uh, I'll say a mompreneur yeah. that is an entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, it is a lot. And um, we have definitely had our difficulties. I remember when the quads were one and through his company, we were able to go to Hawaii for all expenses paid trip. And we were like, <laughs> we needed that time. We need this. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so we had, you know, multiple aunts and uncles come in, yeah. and like all hands on deck to be able to go. Um, but there, we just we realized how robotic we had become, mm-hmm. and um, how we were really missing connecting with each other. And we kind of had to like figure out how to do that again. And and when we got back, um, he was sitting on the edge of the bed, and I was folding, you know gobsmacks yeah. of wanting like do every day. And he was like, I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? like I immediately came, you know, yeah. defensive. And I was like, what do you mean? Ha- what? Like, we're not called to be happy. What are you talking about? I'm like, who's happy? I cry in the shower almost daily. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then like, I, I was able to kind of sit back. Like I pulled myself back and saw him as, as, as God was seeing him as his, as this boy who had, um, you know, endured his parents' divorce and had had some brokenness that was unhealed, uh, mm-hmm. still inside of him, and um, being able to look at it through a different perspective, a different lens, and see him how God was seeing him, and that him feeling safe enough to say he was unhappy is not a point of attack. It's a point of, uh, again, that surrender. And do I trust that, that Jesus put us together? Do I trust that this relationship, uh, has more in it and, um, really leaning into that and being like, okay, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. 
and we have our ups and downs because I am loud and strong and, you know, and he's not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so he definitely, uh, helps to, um, keep me grounded. You know, he allows me to, to float where I need to float. And then he, he brings me back where I need to be brought back to. So we definitely, um, support each other in our, in our greatest strengths and, uh, fill in those, those weakness gaps for each other. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you sound a lot like me and my husband. So that'll be fun for us to all, all connect yeah. in that regard. And it's a passion of ours to like really help people in the space of entrepreneurship that are both navigating it. And whether both people consider themselves entrepreneurs, my husband is an entrepreneur himself um, or not, even if there's one in the marriage, it's a whole different experience than people who have nine to five um, experiences and get to have date nights or don't have kids or there's like a lot that is, is, doesn't go away mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. It, it doesn't go away. You don't turn off the thing. It, off. it stays on. It's there's constantly calls. Yeah. I mean, I remember prior to me being where I am in my season now with this and I had little kids, like little, maybe two, three, four year four years old. And we'd be out to dinner and my husband would just like, I have to go. And like, he'd have to go take a call and I'm sitting there with the kids like, oh man, again, not six kids. So that's a little different, but still, (laughs) I still felt isolated, which you probably did. I still felt alone, which you probably Mm -hmm. did. I still felt incapable, which you probably did. And so this is the journey of motherhood. And then to have the entrepreneurial on top of that, it can feel very isolating and very much robotic. That's a good word. I don't think I've used it in that um, context before. And so one thing that we are very conscientious of is like making sure that we're having conversations that aren't always just about that as hard as it is, because it feels like priority a lot of times. Right. And, and then not to also talk about the kids. It's like, how are you? What are you passionate about? What are you learning about right now? How is God speaking to you right now? And having to be super intentional with questions. That's my husband's superpower. He asks questions that often make me uncomfortable sometimes make me cry because I don't want to be vulnerable because I'm like, I got this. I've got it all put together. Right? <laughs> yeah. Lord. But here I am initiating this conversation associated to women and our superpower is empathy, yeah. but it sounds like we have really empathetic husbands. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's necessary, you know? Um, and I'm so grateful that God paired us together mm-hmm. because he knew I needed that. And he knew that, that Matt needed me and, and what I bring to the table, but it is challenging. We just um, got back from Cancun yesterday. We got to, to get away for a couple of days. I um, you look sparkly. I know, I'm tan. Uh, we'll burn. It's fine. Um, it, it was. It was um, having to kind of shut it. And I love working. Yeah. I love it. I don't, I didn't create this, this work for myself so that I had to take a vacation from it. You know what I mean? Like so I created this because I enjoy it so much and I love it and I can pour into it. Um, so I did steal a few moments to kind of tick away and, yeah, and yeah, of course. It. but, um, to make sure that I was spending time with him and not on my phone or not on the computer and just sitting on the beach. Yeah. Just sitting. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and knowing that as you bask, you are loved, right? Like it's not the doing, it's the being. We hear this all the time, but we can get stuck in 
again, the robotic elements because we love it though. Like we are the one who puts the, the shoes on. We're the one who turns the mic on. We're the one, right? Sending the email. Um, and yet there's such a, because it's a calling, mm -hmm. it is an expression of our obedience in my yep. opinion. Yep, I agree. And that is hard for people to understand. I've had somebody who's told me like, you're going to burn out. You can't go that fast. You can't go that hard. You need to stop. Do you really think you can maintain this? And I remember taking offense to it initially, but if there's ever an element of offense, that also means that it's an opportunity for us to see why and mm -hmm. is there truth to it? Right. And it was more so a trigger point to what I used to be driven by, which was perfectionism, which was success, which was accolades versus operating in tandem and pace with the Lord. That's right. And they can look because the enemy is good at confusing us. They can look there very is. <laughs> right. They can look yeah. super similar. So how yeah. do you stay like besides just your spouse um, and perhaps even your kids, how do you stay in alignment? What are some of your favorite ways to like make sure you're in constant flow from heaven? Um, I mean, it's, it's in how I start my day for sure. Um, and you know, you hear it all the time and, and productivity stuff is, is how you start your day and really, you know, how you start your day is how you end your day from the night before. And, wow, but yeah. I, I do, I have to, I have to start out my day like immediately speaking with the Lord, you know, good morning. Thank you. And it's just that, that sweet conversation, those moments that we have. And, um, you know, when you're on my podcast, we talked about the lamplight and how precious that moment is with him. Um, and then that's what I do. And we go and, you know, Matt sits on the couch and I sit in my big cozy chair and we have the lamplight on and we just spend our time getting fed and poured into by the Lord. And, um, you know, it, one of the main things I'm known for is, is being joyful. And that's because it's his presence. Like that is the fullness of joy. And so making sure that I'm checking in with that consistently because it's hard, you know, especially having six kids and getting interrupted all the time. And I mean, I can hear them outside right now. And, you know, it's, you do get, you kind of start to, yeah. um, and it's very easily to go hot. Yep. I do that real bad. Um, yep. But just again, being really surrendered and aligned with, allowing him to work through me. Um, that's how, that's how I do it is, is being intentional to put him first and to think of him often and just to talk. It doesn't have to, I don't have to get on my knees. I do sometimes I, yeah. I don't have to, you know, go get in my prayer closet. I can just be like, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna need you right now. I'm gonna right now. Yeah. yeah. Put each other. I need you right now to step in before I say something I want to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good. And this is the element of flesh, right? I think people think when you're like, operating um in tandem or you're doing the lord's work that we're in this state of things can't go wrong we're we can't fight our own flesh we have to paul says like god why do i always do the thing that i do not want to do right now there is an element of of choice in sin we're not we're not talking about that and there surely are moments where we're sinning with our mouth we're angry we're you know operating outside of flesh um, but I think what is more important is the small acts of obedience that build character. That's right. And it's often done in the shower where we're crying or it's done in the moment where you're biting your tongue and apologizing to your child for doing the thing that you wish you didn't do or saying the thing that you wish you didn't say or coming to your spouse and being like, I really got that wrong. Mm -hmm. My husband and I, I was in the drive through at Starbucks the other day. 
and I had just finished a morning meeting and I was in between another one. And he's like, you're in the drive-thru at Starbucks. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, man, I asked you if you wanted to have a Starbucks date earlier and you totally shut me down. And I was like, you did? And I said, I, I thought you asked me if I wanted a Starbucks and I said, no, I'm good. And he's like, yeah, but you're in the Starbucks line. <laughs> yeah, but that's because I was driving and it was just a drive through And I got a free red cup for a Christmas order. I was like, yeah. And he's like, mm, man, it seems how much you're listening to me when I ask you on a date. And I'm like, oh, that's terrible. I totally missed it. Yeah. Right. But it's okay. And that's where grace abounds and laughing at yourself and yeah. being okay to admit your mistakes. And so I'm curious from a perspective of entrepreneurship, because I know that there's like a knack in there um, that you're really spending that time. You're using the joy that the Lord has taught you and given to you and blessed you with to help others come to like the revelation of the joy that they too can have. What do you feel like is besides joy or maybe joy is the answer? What's the common thing that people are coming to you for? Um, you know, I think it, it is joy. I think that's the, the magnet. Yeah. Um, and it's that overcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all faced with stuff. I mean, ev- everybody, you know, and it amazes me when people are like the, the old scripture, it's not relevant anymore. I'm like, are you, are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what she did just the other day. I am the woman at the well. I am a hot mess. I got, you know, um, and it is so relevant. I find it even more relevant. I mean, that's why it's the living word. Um, but it's, it's that overcoming it's, it's turning what has been either life or the enemy has presented as a stumbling block. Mm-hmm and seeing it as a stepping stone and it's okay, Lord, like you have called me to more and this is not, this is not the, this is not the more. So the more is on the other side. So how are, how are we going to get over this? Like, how are we going to turn what is before me to be for me? You know, so good. I've never heard that play on words. It is, it's that, that, that perspective change because yeah. that's all it is it is it's still there the circumstance yeah. is still there it's just and he never said it wouldn't be and that's where a lot of people get it confused and even if they don't and they're like yeah now i hear it on rhetoric everyone has it on repeat like just because you're christian doesn't mean the problems go away and yet it's just that that newness of self that gets to approach the situation you are now you are a weapon of warfare And so you are actually walking into a battle with weapons, unlike the enemy that's coming. They're already defeated. They don't have power. And we just have given them so much power. We've we've conjured them up to be so much mightier and stronger. Any problem we we create the story of how big the problem actually is. This is like Brene Brown concept. What story are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the story, especially the end of the story that we've manipulated and conjured up in our minds, not even remotely possible. And it never comes to fruition. Unless you are literally building that problem out. Just like you build a business plan, you don't set yourself up for failure. You don't say, I'm going to build this so that I make $0 tomorrow. You're going to build this so you make 10K. 
right? And if we were to do the same thing with our problems and and look at them as, okay, here's my problem. I'm going to build a solution out of it. Everybody just walks around. Here's my problem. Woe is me. I'm in the middle of the turmoil. I've got no ability to get out of this predicament. Not true. It's not true. It's not true. And it's, you know, I remember being ginormously pregnant, y'all, like four babies in the belly. I mean, just imagine. I don't want to. So big. So I used to put a pillow up under my belly as it would rest on my knees. Like, and I'm five, nine, I've got long legs. Um, (sighs) But I remember being physically stretched. I was on bed rest. I was two hours away from my husband and my kids and my job. And um, I was, I was alone. I was isolated. And I loved John Maxwell. I loved all things leadership. And it was there that I realized his law of the lid, which is, you know, you as a leader are the lid to anything that, that you have influence over. And in order for those things to grow, you yourself have to grow. And it just clicked with me. I'm like, here I am, you know, (laughs) my family is about to double and I have got, I've got to grow. I've got to expand and allow for things to, you know, cause you pray for more, you want more. And then it's like, okay, but you know, and I, I believe God's like, all right, precious, listen, <laughs> you know, he's, got, he's got a little bit of sass. Kind of yeah. Um, but he's like, I'm all right. Here's, I've trusted you with this. Let's, let's get this done first. You know, are, are you obedient here? Yeah. And then, okay, good. All right, great. Now here's some more, you know, he wants to give all of this to you. He wants to give you the keys to the storehouse. But you've got to put it in the storehouse and turn the key. <laughs> you have so your part to do it. So true. As you were talking, probably because I was thinking about all of your babies, I was thinking, you know, those like um, those pouches, those food pouches. Yes. Oh yep. my God. I'm sure you probably lived off of those at some point, even, I don't know what, what your perspective is on preservatives, all that stuff, but we can get in that conversation another day. But I was just imagining that like, you wouldn't give your baby that pouch. Initially, you had to hold it, give them a little bit, give them a little bit more. Right. You're not going to give it to them in the car seat and be like, here you go. They're going to yeah. literally just make a huge mess of it. And then you're going to be mad that they made a mess. Right. And I think we're doing that in our lives every single day and in our businesses. Yes. We're literally taking, we're wanting things. Let's yes. put it this way, because I don't think there's a lot of taking happening in the business world, unless you're paying a lot of money, which also could potentially happen, but you're wanting things that you're not equipped to have yet. Yet. And John Maxwell himself said this just the other day when I was listening to him, I was at a conference and he was teaching for three straight hours. The man is like 73. I think I'm like 75. He's he's a beast. beast. Blown away by his energy level. But he said, everyone comes up to me and they're like, I want to do this. I want to like be a motivational speaker. I want to write all of these books. And he's like, cool. I want you to do that too. But did you want to do what I did to get here? And I was like, ouch, most people don't even know what it is to endure in the entrepreneurial space, but they want to say they own a business and they want to do it on their own. There's two things about that that aren't possible. You can't do it on your own. Tried that crash and burn. And you cannot do what other people have done without doing what they did. You just can't. And no one can give you, no one can give you a magic potion. No one can write you a perfect business plan. It's not possible. That's right. That's right. And so don't let somebody lie to you. That's you right. got to walk, blaze the trail. And it's like, question yourself. Why? 
why, if I'm not willing to do the things, then why do I say I want this? Good. Because that might not even be what God has for you. Right. You know, your freedom could be on the other side. What he has purpose for you is for other people to yep. glorify his name, to yep. get to know him through you. And it that might not be in the entrepreneur field. You don't so know. True. <laughs> so true. Well, yeah. I think about the people that um, are, are part of my team, and I think they consider themselves entrepreneurs as well. I, I can I consider them entrepreneurs, but they're entrepreneurs based on their job title and right. what they do with us, right? As an entrepreneur, we were standing in an office earlier today, and um, my husband was like, "Hey, this is going to be your new CEO," and he's been talking to me about this guy nonstop, who's just like phenomenal. He's about to retire from the military and he's stepping into this new part of his life where he really just wants to do ministry full time. And so he's like, he would be the perfect CEO. And I'm like, or he's been calling him a COO, but in the given moment, he was like, do you want to be CEO? Does that seem more enticing? I said, bro, you can take whatever name you want, whatever title you need. He had like organizational charts and like sticky notes (laughs) everywhere. And I was like, you can have all the titles. I right. do not care about that. Right. I need your help. Yeah. I need your help. And it's okay for us to raise our hand, no matter where we are, no matter what your position is within your calling, you're going to need helpers. Yeah. God didn't send a disciple, even though they were individually equipped with his spirit on the road by themselves. He sent them two by two. So That's get right. some people and be in conjunction with the body of Christ. That's right. It's so important and that's, it's everything, you know, and if there, if you find yourself like, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to do it my own. I'm going to be self-made and all that again. Why? Yep. Well, I don't ego. ask yourself why. Yeah. As yep. much as they wouldn't say that it's ego. I want right. to glorify God, but there are people doing it that way who are saying that they're doing it, glorifying God, but then something else is revealed later that there's something happening. That's not the case. If, yeah. if you, somebody is not willing to share their microphone, mm. I would question that. If somebody's yeah. not willing to share their stage or their platform, it's kind of like, right. you know, there's a lot of podcasters and I don't think every podcast needs to be uh, interview style. They're my favorite personally, but it, if somebody isn't willing to build something that they've claimed they've made, then one, I don't think that they're actually putting or pointing the glory to where the glory is because we're not self-made. And two, I would just question like the authenticity of it. Yeah. Kind of there is going to be so much struggle in that. You know, it's, I thought when I did my very first awake event, I was like, I'm, I'm called to be a Paul, you know, I am going, I'm going to be the Paul and all of this, and I'm going to be on stage and all this stuff's going to happen. It's going to be wonderful. Um, and cause you know, I'm, I'm dramatic too. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> um, and the day before God said, I want you to be an Ananias. And I was like, mm. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Let me look that up. <laughs> what you, what, what you mean? Oh, that's good. Um, Ananias is the one that launched Paul. And so the, the wow. next day I was like, okay, I got to, I got to kind of reformulate what today's going to look like. And I called people up to share, to literally hand them the mic yes. and share yes. because that's, I'm getting all the Holy Spirit goosebumps right now. But like sometimes when we are so focused on what we think 
the outcome should be we're missing what he's really going to use in us. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, I just surrender the outcome. I am just going to trust you because it's sweet. You know, I love that song, the honey and the rock, and it's so sweet to trust yeah. Jesus. And it, it is, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a fun ride on all its own. Well, I, I always use a word over my year versus like the annual calendar year. I use it over my birth year and I just had my birthday a little bit ago. And I used the word, um, that the Holy spirit dropped in my spirit a couple days before I was actually turning and I'm like, gosh, what is it going to be? But I was like, that's not the word. That's a, that's a strange word. And then the day of, he gave it to me two different times through two different people. And the word is risk. And I think about the sweetness associated to risk because of surrender. Yeah. And it is, it can seem scary. Why would you want to risk anything that God has given you? But he's literally asking, would you risk everything That's right. for what I've given you to find out more of what I have for you? It yeah. reminds me of that that uh, Jesus image with the, ah, here's your teddy bear. Give me that yes, little teddy bear. Big, a big huge teddy bear. Yes. Like God has a big, huge teddy bear waiting for big you on the other side of your obedience. Yeah. You got to risk giving it up. It's going to hurt yeah. a little bit. That's right. And you have to get into it. You know, yeah. the none of the waters ever parted until they got into it. You know, we, we go and we stand at the shore and we're like, part for me. <laughs> you know, I know you can do it. Part for me. I was like, no, you got, you got to get into it. Yeah, that's great. There was this other meme I saw earlier today. It's like so present in my mind right now. It's like these two people side by side, but there's like a, um, a chasm between them and they're in holes and there's a tree in between the two of them. And they're both like praying one's on his knees, one standing up tall. And the answer is the tree gets struck by lightning and the tree splits in half and both falls into either person's hole. Now, one of them is like angry and cursing God. And he, there's no sound. These people are just like black silhouettes. The other person starts hitting the tree, hitting the tree. So I was like, oh, what's happening here? How's this going to work? He ends up building a ladder yeah. and he gets out of the hole. And I'm thinking how many of us, if they had this understanding of a rise, right? Mm -hmm. If they had this understanding of like, it's not your mess is your message. It's you are the messenger for the message. So okay. figure out how you're going to get out of that hole. Use the actual thing. It is relevant as you're saying, get out and shine for people to understand what just happened in your life. Yeah. And you've, you've gone through so many beautiful experiences to allow you to be in this place of shine. Again, it doesn't mean that the luster is going to try and be worn off, but I love, love, love that you're standing up and you're doing it now and not waiting until there's some air of perfection. Like your kids aren't grown and out of the house. Like you're not sitting on your hands waiting. <laughs> I heard them out there yelling and screaming. They were having a ball, whatever they're doing. <laughs> keep it real. Keep it real. Yes. But yeah. it's, it's an honor to like co-labor with you. It's an honor to be on mission with you. Um, and I'm excited for this, this conference that I believe a lot of the conferences are creating movements mm -hmm. and it's not just a one and done. It's a, Hey, let's get dirty now. Let's get in the water now. Don't wait until March 30th to get to yeah. this conference. Start now getting invested in your community. Start now arising and using this formula and this framework that Julian's created to, to actually do the thing that yeah. God wants you to do and to harness the joy that mm -hmm. he's promised to you. Yeah. It's your, it's yours. Like it's him. It's yours. It's for you. Absolutely.
It's so good. I am so excited. I, I got to literally now scroll your feed more. I've got to find these quadruplets at this point <laughs> and see them. I'm, I'm excited about it, but I just, I'm so grateful that Daryl connected us and so excited right. to see what God's going to continue to do in and through us together. You guys, this is a community concept, but more so important, it's about foundation. And when mm-hmm. we're built on the same rock, we yeah. are destined to do work together. Right. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's more fun that way. <laughs> so much more fun. And we can go bedazzle together. That's right. Be joy bombs together. Watch out, y'all. Julianne and Tamara, we got a joy bomb coming your way. <laughs> Love you. Thanks for hanging out. Yes, thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Fit and Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.